Hi, welcome. Uh, today I'm interviewing Martijn Dielemans. Uh, Martijn is a spiritual life coach, you're an author, you're an uh, ex-Olympian volleyball player. So uh, I'm super excited. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual stuff, non-dualism, uh, love and all kinds of <laughs> other yumminess. Other yumminess. Yumminess. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. It's, yeah. a, it's an honor. I'm excited. Yeah. So, um, yeah. C can you tell us a little bit about your spiritual journey? Wow. Yeah. So, so the interview is going to be like three hours. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, just do the Cliff Notes version, okay? Well, uh, it's really quick. It started in 2010, really, you know, uh, before I was a professional volleyball player and I was really focused on that. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, 2008, I retired and yeah. I moved to Barcelona, where I live now. And um, I met a girl in 2008. Of course, it's always the girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we broke up. She broke up with me in 2010. Yeah. And and that was the second time that I really ended up feeling really terrible. And I felt that I lost my entire life. Hmm. So uh, that's when I said, okay, this should not ever happen again. Mm. And I'm going to do everything possible to to avoid that in the future. Mm. And that's when I really started to dig into myself and to learn more about myself. And I started to, to read books from Wayne Dyer. He's like my hero. And um, I got in touch with uh, the, the documentary The Secret from mm. Rhonda Byrne. I think that's what most people get in touch with when they start this, right? So Me too. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't surprise me at all, you know, so, and that's what really got me started. And then uh, I, I got in touch with different kinds of therapies and I studied them and I be became a kinesiologist. I became a life coach, crystal therapist even. Okay. And um, although I, I don't do anything of that at the moment, I don't use anything that I learned, but it was extremely helpful to become who I am today. And then uh, in 2016, I had uh, another relationship, which was a complete eye-opener. Um, and it really opened me up to, to discover what I believe to be reality at this moment. Mm -hmm. and, and that really brought me here and really brought me in the journey of becoming a spiritual teacher or coach or whatever you want to call it. And... Um, that's basically how I got here. It's all through um, learning about myself and really digging into who I am, trying to find out what I'm doing here and, and how is this all possible and, and why am I suffering so much? And then through the suffering, I found another way to live life. Yeah. And that's how I came here and I, I am trying to share that now with other people so they can see what I see. Okay, I'm going to ask a lot of questions about that later, <laughs> but f what I'm curious at, because if you are a professional athlete, then yeah, that life is pretty tough. You know, it's, you have to sacrifice a lot. You have to train every day. You have to have lots of discipline. Mm -hmm. You have to go the extra mile and then the extra mile and the extra mile. But, and your spiritual journey wasn't, started then yet right or did you have a sense that there was more or? i was always a little bit different hmm. yeah I, I was always even when i my focus was very different yeah. when i was a little boy i remember i was eight years old and um and and my dad was always really i have a twin brother so hmm. he was also playing volleyball and and my dad always he, he was also our coach uh, a few years and and he brought us to games and trainings and practices and my mom was there and so it was a whole family thing. And uh, at one point my father organized, together with the, the club that, that he was involved with, he organized like, um, like some sort of workshop with the national team from Holland at that moment. Mm -hmm. And we were big followers of, of the national team and other national teams. And they were upcoming before they, they won the Olympic gold in, in 96. And um, so for us, they were like famous people, 
And I said, wow, look at him. Oh, well, he's there. We can touch him. And then that was, that day was ended. And we came home and I, I told my parents, one day I will play in the national team. Mm. I was eight years old. Yeah. Like now I see eight-year-old boys and I'm like, oh, they're just throwing a ball yeah. with friends. And it's, they don't think about that stuff, you know. So I, I think I always had a different focus. And from that moment on, that was my only focus in life. Mm. And of course, my dad and my, my mom, they were extremely helpful and they really supported everything, uh, did everything for, for us, for my brother and I, to make that happen. And um, yeah, from then, that moment on, I was improving, improving, improving. And so I always felt I had a different, maybe a different capacity to mm -hmm. focus on things. Mm -hmm. Then I, when I was 10 years old, I had like out of body experience, which was not everybody has that, you know, I had high fever and I saw myself from above and I told my parents and they were, they were like, eh, eh, but I know I, I, that happened. I, I still know. I still hundred percent convinced. So there were things, you know, yeah. and I always had this, this question in my mind, what am I doing and what is the real purpose? And of mm -hmm. course, at the start, I was like, oh, my purpose is to be a famous world star volleyball player, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then when that crashed after a few years completely and my whole career crashed in within a few years when I was still very young. Um, that's what, what happened for everyone who doesn't know? <laughs> well, I really... I got a contract when I was 20 years old in Spain was really my first big contract it was in 1999 and I went to play for the Spanish champion that's how I ended up in Spain as well mm -hmm. and in that season was my best season ever um, but in that season I also got to know my first girlfriend with who I was for six years mm -hmm. you know it's, I said it's, it's, it's always the girls yeah <laughs> but it, blame blame us <laughs> <laughs> there you go no, not at all. She was a fantastic girlfriend. She was probably probably the best girlfriend I've ever had in terms of how the relationship went. It was six years. It was peaceful. She was always supporting. But we just grew apart. Yeah. But in that first two, three years, like before I was always focused on volleyball and being the best in the world and, and just becoming better and better and better. But now I had something else that I had to take care of in my life. And I, I started to feel responsibility, mm. responsibility for another person, which I never had felt before. So, and that really screwed up my mind a lot. Mm. It was like, I couldn't handle the pressure of having to take care of someone else. Of course, that was all imagine, uh, in my imagination. I never, she never told me, hey, you have to take care of me. No, not at all. She was completely capable to do that for herself, but I felt that. And then I had a, a small sh shoulder injury and that got worse and worse and worse so my confidence went down a lot my level went down and that's how within a few years my career crashed down mm. completely and I ended up retiring at like I think I was 29 years old after many many years of suffering basically and earning a, a low salary and just getting by and so already in the last like five six years of my volleyball career I was already like searching for other ways yeah. to make a living and to to really keep that freedom that I had, uh, but I, I didn't know how to do it. So, you know, when they always say that, that uh, athletes, when they finish their career, they end up in a black hole. Yeah. I didn't know I was in it, but I've been in a black hole for like mm -hmm. 15 years. It was wow. Very depressing, very difficult time. Yeah. But you're not in that black hole anymore. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't feel like that anymore, no, no but maybe in five years I'll tell you, oh, that was a black hole. Yeah. You, you know when you did that interview? Yeah. You never know. But no, I feel like when I compare myself with 10 years ago, that's when in 2010, basically, that this my whole journey, spiritual journey, really started consciously. Mm -hmm. um, I feel so different and so much more in control of my emotions and myself and and also... Even when you when you look at pictures, okay, I had more hair back then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
but I I do believe that I that I that I look even younger and more healthy than than I did back then. But back then I was still just I was very much closer to being a professional athlete than I am now. But yeah. you know, so well being on the inside also shows on shows on the outside normally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And what are the um, biggest spiritual truths you discovered that guided you to from that place to being in this spot right now following your purpose feeling having this sense of freedom created yeah. this for yourself well you know there, there and and this it, it comes down to always the same thing now which i didn't know until maybe two years ago more or less uh, before like in my early period i was really more trying to learn so much from wayne dyer eckhart tolle and, and things like that and and try to live in the now and yeah. which is quite okay it can really help but there was always something that that didn't satisfy me you know when in, in many spiritual beliefs and, and and teachings it said we are all one and they also say that uh what is this right and it's explained that it's god experiencing itself himself mm -hmm. and and those responses were like i didn't really it didn't resonate with me and of course I, it was something new it was like so for a year i would say yeah we we are god consciousness that is experiencing itself or we are consciousness expanding we are we are here to learn and to expand our consciousness and but then i always came to a point it's like that's not the answer, you know, it's, it's not why I'm here. How is, how is it possible that I'm here? And, and what is the purpose of being here? So then when uh, two years ago, or three, almost three years ago now, I really had this experience that it really showed me who I really was myself. And that I entered in a, a new dark phase uh, well, what was the experience? Um, well, another relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually my the last relationship that I mm -hmm. really had. It was a short one, and, and this is also... Um, that's what I started to make videos about on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's how most people got to know me through the Twin Flame concept. Okay. And I, I don't really resonate with it anymore so much, but... Too much labels. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it is true that, that that experience with her, like I could see myself through her. Mm -hmm. And um, you see so many shadow sides of yourself that, uh, and I'm sure that happened to her as well. And, and we made a promise to each other that we would work on, on ourselves. Uh, back then we said to, to, to be the best version for each other. Uh, and who knows, you never know if that, if that might happen, right? But right now i see it more like i made a promise to her but also to myself to yourself yeah so it was it's been a lot like two three years of really discovering who i really was mm -hmm. and through looking at your shadow sides and and your little addictions and just habits that are nasty habits mm -hmm. that that just don't serve your your well-being at all uh, I came to discover that we truly are all one, but not as it's been explained in the yeah. spiritual beliefs. And that's how I came in, in on the path of pure non-dualism through A Course in Miracles, which is a book uh, which basically was written in the, in the 70s by an American lady called Helen Schuchman. And uh, it's basically a book dictated by Jesus. And um, that was the first thing that really gave me a convincing answer to the question. Uh, why are you here? Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? What is your purpose? And, and since nothing ever really could give me that answer, this, it, it sounds very unlogical, but the response to that question, what are you doing? Why are you here? The response was really, you are not here. And that was like, I got in touch with it like three years ago, like more intensively. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I feel somewhere deep inside this is true, 
but I don't want it to be true because yeah. I like to be here. I like to be here. And I even, I have a really good, my best friend, he is uh, more advanced than me in, in the Course in Miracles and these teachings. And, and I, I remember telling him, we were walking somewhere close to the beach and I, we were talking about this stuff. And I said, yeah, but I know you're right, what you're saying, but I like to be here. Yeah. I want to come back and do this again, Yeah. you know? And, and now, uh, a year later, a year and a half later, there has been even more suffering. And through suffering, you really can come to see that, that I don't want to come back now. Hmm. And that's when, that's also what they say, you know, people start to follow this path only when they have suffered enough. Yeah. And only people that have really, and you know, suffering is a very personal experience. Yeah. So for me, suffering has been in love. I have never been in a war where you can't compare that. Yeah. But in reality, you know, since we are not here and since this is an illusion, actually being in a war and suffering in a war is the same kind of suffering as suffering from a breakup. Yeah. Which sounds very controversial, but in, in looking at it from, <clears throat> from a, a non-dualism point of view, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> so and then you know the purpose what is the purpose of being here well you're not here so there is no purpose and and first you really reject that idea and uh, I had the book for a long time and the fact is that I also had a period of two years of severe anxiety so I would listen I was drawn to listen to the audiobook from A Course in Miracles and for some reason I didn't understand what, say, what it was saying, but it always calmed me down. So every time, every time that I was feeling bad, I would listen to the audios and it would calm me down. So I knew there was something. But then when I really started to try to understand it, I was like, no, no, no. No, I want to be Martijn. I want to be an individual. And if I believe this, that means that I'm gone, that I will disappear at some point, And I don't want that. Um, but yeah, I came to a point that, that I now really accept that at some point I will be gone. And not through death as we know it, but through enlightenment, basically. Yeah, I, and I'm curious about that. And I'm going to ask a couple of questions about that. But first I want to ask something else. Because uh, a lot of people, um, especially when it... Uh, when it comes to uh, people who follow me or people who are into reality creation or love attraction yeah. they want to kind of um, they have the tendency to ignore their shadow side so you're talking about shadow work you're you're talking about growth mm -hmm. through suffering and that's also something I experienced that um, the more you hide your shadow sides the the more you start to suffer mm. the more you, the less free you are so i want to talk a little bit more about that before we um, move <clears throat> on yeah. because how brave do you have to be to look at your own shadow sides you know how to not run away from yourself anymore mm. how do you experience that how what what value do you see in it and what tips do you have about it well, I think it's extremely painful to do so. And that's yeah. why most people decide not to do it. Yeah. You know, and... and um, it's easier than to just do some positive affirmations, sit on the couch and look at the money rolling in on the bank account. Yeah, which never happens <laughs> no. when you do that. Exactly. <laughs> but at least they don't have to look at what's really going on, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, I think at some point everyone will go through some experience that, that will show them their shadow sides, yeah. whether they want it or not. <clears throat> but many people actually decide to ignore it mm. and to blame other people. But I think I, <clears throat> I really need to drink some water. <laughs> this is, maybe this is loosening up something yeah. inside me. <laughs> but this is this is what happened to me like i i was already on that path for quite a few years yeah and what i was trying to do in those years i was trying to to shine a light on that darkness yeah 
instead of having that darkness disappear. And people say that, that where there is light, darkness cannot exist, but it's not really true. If, if, if you kind of hide the darkness somewhere deep inside of yourself, you know, you're like, oh, you see, you see the darkness, but it's like, I don't want to work with it. Yeah. I, I, I want to ignore it. And, and what you're doing is, instead of actually shining a real light on it, you are, you are faking a light. It's mm -hmm. a fake light. That's how I see it. It's like uh, this famous quote, right? Uh, whatever you resist, persists. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's absolutely true. Yeah. But that's, that's, in a nutshell, that's the whole illusion. We resist the reality of God, of oneness, of love. And that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so when you ignore our seeming reality in this illusion, our shadow sides, then you can never really find the true love. Yeah. It's completely impossible because you're, you're hiding it away below the, the whole. You can only find it when you go through the darkness. Mm. <clears throat> so... For me, that it's extremely difficult to do, and um, extremely painful. But do you think if you uh, let go of that, it is painful? That it's just it just is. It's just emotions or feelings yeah. or stuff or experiences or it's just something else to surrender to do, don't you think that will that becomes easier or is it oh, still yeah. oh yeah oh yeah okay. of course it, it it does become easier you know practice makes perfect yeah okay <laughs> and that's i do believe it's true also with this it's like you start to be able to disassociate yeah from the pain and from the emotions and you start to recognize that it is you yourself who is actually deciding to have those emotions mm. right so and sometimes, even when you know it, you still end up having those emotions. And you're yeah. like, okay, I have a choice. I have a choice to, to feel bad or to feel good. But consciously, I still decide to feel bad because this feeling bad is somehow more comfortable than feeling good. Mm. You know, and <clears throat> this is something that... Um, uh, people talk about the comfort zone and and for me a comfort zone is more like a pain zone yeah <laughs> it's, it's a hidden pain zone yeah because people prefer to be in pain or in suffering but know what they have instead of stepping out of that zone and and then discover things that are new and that is fearful because it's new you don't know what's going to happen yeah so i've been through all of that and um, I think many people have been through that, even without knowing, unconsciously. Uh, because life just puts you in those kind of situations, yeah, exactly. whether you want it or not. Yeah. But you, you, to, really, um, to really break through that whole cycle, you have to look at the, the darkness and, and see that it's not real. And see that it's something that you yourself have created for yourself and that you have decided to feel and experience. But if you start to look at it with an, in another way, you can use it for your own growth. Yeah. And you can use it to, to undo it, basically. Is, does that make sense? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, it's... It's fascinating because, well, I, I said uh, I was in my head thinking about how fascinating it was. Uh, also, because what I think what questions also come up is, okay, you have non-dualism, you know, you, you have oneness. It's your, well, it's not a goal, but you, you feel that, do I say a pool to experience that, to step into that? But how do you combine that with your 3D life? You know, you yeah, also, that's... you have a business, you are writing a book, and uh, maybe you have personal goals still, I don't know. You have your uh, rent that has to be paid, you know? So and <laughs> I think that for most of my clients, those are questions that they have. It's, yeah, you have these spiritual truths but how do 
how do I combine that with still also being a yeah. human being and living in this uh, reality and and having the um, illusion that they have to confirm somehow? Mm-hmm. That's that's very difficult. And yeah. I, you know, it's it's still I wouldn't say it's a struggle anymore, but it has been until just a few weeks ago actually. Like the few weeks I really experienced a, a new type of sensation that I had. That, mm that I'm really more capable of surrendering. And now for sure tomorrow something happens that, that shows me the proof that it's not true, that I still have mm, problems to, to actually surrender. No, to that, I right? think but you always reach a deeper level. Of course. And uh, the, um, the development always goes the same. You have to walk into stuff you don't want to experience or give you pain to reach that next level, mm. you know? so. Because if you say that, then I'll, then maybe people will get get the idea. Oh, maybe one day I'm in a state that I'm, th- that nothing matters anymore. And maybe they will reach it, but mm. it might take a long time or it lifetimes. Might, lifetimes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. It, I don't want to give people the idea of like this golden pill. Uh, that if you know this or do this then everything no this is this is the journey it's hard but I, work i want to give them i do want to give them some tools to make that easier and more fun and more you know it, it, yeah. so I, so continues know, it's <laughs> it's um there is no magic pill there no. is no secret to this it's just very hard work except in the secret <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a good thing to start with, you know, but yeah. it's very basic and, yeah. and there's just some things that I, I right now, I, I don't agree with that anymore, but um, it's really hard work. It's yeah. very hard work. You have to be very disciplined and very self-aware yeah. and you have to be extremely vigilant of your own thoughts. So I think that's the most difficult thing. Um, so if it's that difficult uh, and it's that hard, why do you do it? Because it's the only thing that brings me true peace. Cool. And, and that's, <clears throat> that's the thing, you know, people ask me or tell me, but this, it, this can't be true. It's like, I, I can touch this, I can feel this, it's real to me. Yeah, to me it is too. I'm still a human being, or at least I believe to be one. But I, and I come back to the suffering again. Yeah. Only people that have suffered enough mm. will take the step. Otherwise, yeah. you will continue continue to search for solutions within this illusion outside of yourself. But the solution is never outside of yourself. I like that. You yeah. know, that's the thing. You always search for, oh, you go to therapies, you know, or a psychotherapist. or And it's perfect. They do great jobs until a certain point. They will never solve your problem. Mm. But the, because the problem is inside of you yeah. and they might show you some things inside of you but as long as you trust other people to solve your own problems it will never happen no. so and you also have to understand that the problem you believe to have is not the real problem the real problem is that you believe that you are real yeah. that's the real problem and, and that sounds very unlogical and very difficult to grasp and to understand. And that's why I understand your question perfectly. Like, okay, but we are here. So how to do this? How to mm. combine that truth that everybody knows deep inside? Someone will recognize it. Most will not. Yeah. But at some point in one life or another, they will recognize it. Yeah. And most of my clients, I think they already do. They already have the sense there's more. I'm part of something bigger. I have, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling guided. I, I'm, yeah, I'm curious yeah. of what. I think everybody has the question, you know, why yeah. are we here? What is our purpose? Yeah. And, and I do believe that many people at some point will come to the same point as I have come and find that there is no real answer except for we're not here. Yeah. So, but how to combine that? Because, damn it, we are here. Right? Yeah. That's what we believe. That was what, what we experience. We need to pay our rent. That's what you said before. Uh, we need to eat. We need to breathe. Yeah. So, how to do that? Well, there is for me. There is two things. 
you you only it's very simple you know that's that's what what i always say is very simple it's the most simple teaching that exists but it's also probably the most difficult one to to put in practice but you always have only two options so that makes it very easy in life we believe that we have many options but the only options that we really have is do you look at it with the ego which is basically the thing that created all of this for yeah. us <laughs> or do you look at it with love with the holy spirit which is the same you know i don't want to fall in into religious context because even though when we speak about god or the holy spirit they have nothing to do with religion at mm -hmm. all so it's more uh, from a love perspective but not in a in a love perspective as we as we perceive love here yeah it's it's the true love with the capital l love yeah. <laughs> you know so when you start to look at things with love from through the eyes of the holy spirit you don't see reality anymore with the with the small r you see reality with the capital r you see the reality of god you see the the love of god and that doesn't mean that you see love in everything you know when there is a war when people are killed you still see that but what you see is that that is not really happening that that is just a projection of the ego mind to escape from love mm. and this is what beautiful phrase from a course in miracles uh, I, i've put it on my website because i love it so much and it says our our task is not to search for love but to seek and find all the barriers that we have uh, put up against it mm. You know, and that's, we come back to the shadow side. That's, those are the barriers that we have put up in ourselves to, to escape from the true love. Because when we find true love, what it means is that we disappear as an individuality, as, as, an, as an individual person, as a personality, as Martin, as Marty, you know. So we disappear. And that's very, that's a very threatening idea to us, yeah, to the ego. Th that's fascinating because um everyone well you cannot search for love but that's the way people describe it everyone wants love or wants to be loved wants to be the uh, that what what want to experience that but mm -hmm. everyone is running away from it at the same time exactly for this yeah. reason also because if you really experience and understand unconditional love then your ego what do you say happens to your ego it dissolves or what what's well, what's you know, the theory the, the, behind that for me the thing is that, that we don't really know what love is no. here here uh, do because you, do love you think we never can experience unconditional or true love no. while on earth i i don't believe that love is can be found here in this world mm. we can somehow experience love but it happens in our mind because when we start to look at the world the physical world from reality from the holy spirit from love from true love that's when we can see it also here but it doesn't mean that we need to glorify that what we see here in physic in physicality So it's not like um, I'm not going to glorify my partner and be dependent on my partner because I love her so much. But then you know, you're talking about romantic love. Yeah. Uh, weren't we talking about like a bigger love? Yeah, I get it that also, we projected I mean, on people and stuff and things. And, and, exactly. But it is something else, you know, just being in, in love is only projecting your feelings or the love you already have onto a person mm -hmm. but what's what's the next step what's the next stage uh, you know i i think and this is also something that has been explained in the course of miracles that that love is something that that we really cannot understand with our dualistic mind yeah because it is oneness yeah it is god god is perfect love you know and and, and in heaven which is the place You know, it's not a real place, but that's where God is. There's only being love created and shared, and it's just one place of love. And 
it is just so something that is we, we cannot conceive what it really is in our minds we, we I don't think we can have we can experience like a glimpse of it mm-hmm. when we start to look through the eyes of love with the Holy Spirit on t- in, into our world but we what we many times forget and I also sometimes forget it I'm on this path of non-dualism but who is the I yeah that is on that path the I that is on that path is just this tiny fall small fragment of that illusion too so so that means that I as a small part a fragment within that illusion can never really experience everything at the same time here because as long as I believe to be I then there is always something that is keeping me away from experiencing true oneness true love Mm -hmm. because when I experience that I do not exist anymore so that's why I'm 100% convinced that love cannot be found in this world love can be experienced in the mind but it cannot be seen here because everything we see here physically is the is like the consequence of running away from love so when you stop running away from love you stop seeing this you know what i'm saying yeah yeah I, but I, and i think <laughs> it's fascinating but uh, yeah it, it's i also have like a million questions of yeah. course but <laughs> i think we're not going to be able to answer them all in the interview, but I'm go. I'm, I'll try to pick out a couple of things that are helpful for everyone who's watching and listening. There's some something on the screen. Uh, I think that <laughs> probably because oh stop. So it's half an hour. Oh yeah, 30, 38 minutes already. It's inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if we are saying that the problem is, or the problem is inside of us, the answers are inside of us, so maybe the one thing that people can do, or the, the thing where we can share with them, is how they can access that wisdom. What can they do from day to day to get those answers for themselves yeah. what do you do and what can they do it's you know it, it's not it, it is complicated because um, you have to come first to a, a certain self-awareness to understand that that's true and our first reaction before coming in that to that stage is actually to push it away mm-hmm and yeah. to say it's it, the solution is not in me and that's why i go to a psychologist to a psychotherapist to a yeah. therapist to that's why Watch i watch the interview with, with Marcia and martin yeah <laughs> well you know but but those things and that's don't turn off turn us off <laughs> <laughs> but but you know that's why it's it's a good thing they they can push you in the right direction but they will never solve anything for yeah. you they can they can serve as an eye opener mm-hmm. but to really be, be able to discover that truth within yourself, you have to be willing to look at yourself. And most people say that they are willing, but they know they are not. I've been there, and that's why I say that. And I've been, I have rejected those thoughts and those, those words from other people that said the same thing to me. It's like, no, 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 I said yes, but I, I meant no. So you first have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. And you have to understand that Although I, I don't, I'm not a, a believer that we create anything. We are the own. We are the owner of our own decisions. Mm-hmm. So we decide how to feel. And you are not the victim of what somebody else did to you, because when you perceive yourself as a victim, it is you who feels that you are a victim. It's not, it has nothing to do what the other person did to you or the situation did to you or that thing that happened at work. It is how you perceive it. So I, I always come back to the same quote from Wayne Dyer. He, it was something that was really impactful in my life many, many years ago. He said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at mm-hmm. change. 
So when you change the way you look at yourself and you start to take responsibility for how you feel, instead of blaming other people for how you feel, then you are much, much closer to be able to really look at yourself and to see and discover what is going on. But to really find the answers, you first have to look at the shit. You have to look at the darkness. You have to look at the shadows. And what many people do when they are on a spiritual path, you know, I, I met so many people with, and there's nothing wrong with it. I did that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not uh, blaming them. I'm not judging them. I'm just trying to say that it's a phase where people go through and they say, uh, oh, you're, you're such a beautiful light. Light is oh, everywhere. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but light is everywhere where you are, you know, and, but it's like, a fake, fake it until you make it mentality. Mm. And when you fake something, deep inside of yourself, you know you're faking. So instead of faking, look at what is real. Real within the illusion. But for us, it's a reality. So look at that darkness. Look at your failures and, and, and look at what is really making you bad. And, and understand that it is you or making you feel bad. And, and understand that it is you that is making yourself feel bad. And once you are at that point, then you can really start to take control over your own emotions. Yeah. And it's not that easy. It sounds very easy, but it's not. It took me many, many years to get to a point where I kind of control it more or less, yeah. you know. And um, there's still many days that I don't really control it, but I'm aware of it. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, I always come back and I lay in my bed and I'm like, okay, how did I feel today? How did my day go? And um, then I, I, I review the day and I look at myself and I say, okay, I'm not really feeling good today. What happened? Why is that? At what point during the day did I start to decide to look at my life and what is happening to me or in my life from an ego perspective, mm -hmm. from a victim perspective, from a, a suffering perspective? And, and usually I, I am able to find that moment. And that's something that I can recommend to everyone, you know, it's like be self-aware and take responsibility of, of how you feel and know that it is you that is making you feel like that. I think that's the first, first step. Convince yourself of that truth. Uh, because as long as you're not convinced, you will, st you will continue to blame other people. And as far as I know, I don't know anyone who brought success in their life by blaming other people no you know so in the end um it doesn't help you it doesn't help anyone uh and being kind being loving so another quote you know it, it comes from a course in miracles but wayne dyer uses it a lot too do you want to be right or do you want to be happy yeah i i know that one do you want to be right or do you want to be free yeah. it comes down well, to the yeah, same thing exactly. yeah it's, yeah. It comes down to the same thing. I think when you choose love, you are free. Yeah. But you also set other people free. Because yeah. you're not blaming them anymore. And you're not making them responsible anymore for how you feel. Yeah. And that's also something that happens in love relationships. Special love relationships. When we project our love onto other people. Specific people. You know, we make them responsible. And, and they, they have to make us happy. Mm -hmm. No, that, it doesn't work that way. You share maybe a common journey and, and you like to be around each other. You support each other. But she is responsible of her own happiness. Mm -hmm. And I am responsible of my own happiness. Yeah. You know, and, and um, I think that way you become more compassionate for other people. Yeah. Because people, they all have their own life. They all have their own life path. We don't really know what they have gone through even if we know their whole life story we have not been inside of them we have not felt what they felt and and for what for me could be something that is nothing that is not important to me at all and and doesn't have any meaning and does wouldn't hurt myself to someone else it could be extremely traumatic so judging other people on what happened to them and oh look at how that person is suffering but nothing happened to him or her 
it's, it doesn't help anyone either, you know? No. So non-judgment, don't judge other people. Always try to be, be loving and helpful and useful to other people. If, if there's nothing that is useful that comes out of your mouth, just yeah. shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm, sometimes I'm not good at that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I try to. And yeah. I, I do recognize that more and more I get to a stage that, uh, that I am capable of being more loving and more useful to other people and to myself. Yeah, because but you, you also can't always, um, h- how do you say that, um, y- you have no control about how people interpret what you share with them. You could have the best intentions and people could be uh, disappointed or mad or sad, mm. you know, so you, d- you're not, you don't have any control ab- about their feelings Oh, no, that's also. true, but, but, and sometimes that's difficult to, to handle. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you feel sometimes maybe a little bit offended because, hey, I only try to help. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's your ego again. Yeah, <laughs> it is, of course. But it's, it's definitely true. And uh, there's also another thing that is, for me, it com- becomes more and more powerful. And that's anger is never justified. Yeah. Never. Even when someone kills someone else. Because we come back to the, the real final only truth that exists. Yeah. is that this is not real, this is an illusion. Yeah. So when someone kills someone else, it, it's very extreme, um, but it's the same thing as, uh, as me having a party and getting drunk with someone else. It's exactly the same thing. You know, so in the end, there is no good and bad because yeah. both do not exist. Yeah, and I get what you say when you say that. And I think a lot of people won't understand that. I know. I, that I've been there. Yeah. Two years ago, someone would tell me, and I was like, come on, man. And it, this doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, uh, bring that uh, uh, assassin to court. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he shouldn't go to jail. No, and, exactly. and, and that justice, as we know it within, this, within our world, should not exist. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. It happens in your mind. Love happens in the mind. Oneness happens in the mind. Yeah. It's a decision that you take. So, of course, this, this is something that I always talk about with my clients as well. You know, they ask, so how should I put this into practice? If everything is, is not real, nothing is real that is happening here. Yeah, why here. should I even bother? Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so, so when you are crossing a, a street and a car is uh, coming with 100 kilometers per hour and, and if you don't run, you're going to die. Uh, of course you run you're not saying oh this is not real just kill me you know or, or if there is a, a robber coming into your house at night and he's threatening you with a knife do something defend yourself you know be normal uh, be and, normal yeah, be, yeah you know it's, it's, we have our instincts with, this is inherent to being here within this illusion yeah. to having or believing to have a physical body and that's why like it doesn't matter how this illusion shows up in form. It, it really matters what you do in your mind with what shows up in form. So it, it doesn't matter if you do certain things that contradict your belief in oneness. Otherwise, we would all stop to breathe. Yeah. We would stop to eat. It would function for 15 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and only <laughs> Because we need to breathe yeah. to be here. As and long as we still have this body. Exactly. Yeah. But, and that's why it takes many, many years, you know. Like, it could happen in an instant yeah. from the metical, metaphysical point of view. But we are here with a dualistic mindset. We are, I'm now even explaining all of this in words, yeah. which in itself is already dualistic. Yeah, and, and limited. Exactly. Yeah. So everything that you give a word to is limiting already yeah. that what you're describing. Yeah. You know, so be normal. Uh, try to defend yourself. Try to eat healthy. Yeah. Uh, exercise. It's something that I have ignored for, for over a year. And now I finally, I'm a few months into doing exercise, I feel better than ever. You know, so that's important. Make yourself feel good. Treat yourself well within the illusion. Yeah. But in your mind, know that it's an illusion. Yeah. It happens in your mind. It is a decision in your mind. And at some point, and I, I come back to the suffering, only people that have suffered enough, that, that, have, that, that are fed up with how life is, 
mm-hmm. for everyone. In the end, it's for everyone. You could be a millionaire, you could have 10 houses, 15 cars, uh, be famous, whatever. Everyone suffers, yeah. you know? And maybe one lifetime seems to be better than another. But as I said before, good and bad is both the same. Yeah. Good and bad both do not exist. So in the end, also the good, the good needs to be looked at as something that is not real. If you want to really go back home and only once you have suffered is, enough. Is that the goal going back home? For me, it is. And, and what does home mean? Wow. Can we schedule a second interview? Yeah, I think we should because <laughs> <laughs> I think how can we round it up? Because I want to ask questions about that and about that and about that. But just end with this. What's going home, home for you? Going home for me means that uh, I, I really recognize who I really am. Mm-hmm. And that is going back to to God, to perfect love, to oneness, and that means that I disappear. That means that I disappear, but it is the place where I will be and where everyone will be when we have broken down the last barrier to who we really are, which is love. Mm. You know, coming back to that phrase, our, our true task here is to, to seek and find the barriers that keep us from finding the love. But not even finding love because you don't have to find what you really are yeah so you have to find what what you are not and that's what i'm always saying you know people think that in life you know when they start the spiritual path that they have to create something or they have to do something or they have to learn something but for me this whole path is about unlearning undoing and destroying and it sounds very contradictory but you have to destroy who, who you are not to really find who you really are. Yeah, yeah, but, but I get it. And I, I, I guess, I think my, my listeners do too. And it's what we said before, this is like really complicated spiritual stuff. And we give words to it. Mm. And those words are always limiting. Yeah. But I, I think they can feel the essence of it. I think they can feel the truth of it. And I think, um, yeah, that sums it up, the return to love. Yeah, you know, I think everyone recognizes the truth in, in, in this. It's not me who is saying that. I, no. I also learned that from other people, yeah. you know, and from other teachings. But because we carry it in, in, inside of ourselves, the truth, it can never be undone. Yeah. So we carry that inside of ourselves and, and that's why there's also such a fierce rejection by many people when they first find these teachings they're like oh no no no, no. i want i want this not to be real mm. but how you wouldn't reject it with so much power if you wouldn't believe there's something of truth yeah in that, exactly you know otherwise you wouldn't just say oh he's crazy yeah. just well, skip and to it, the next it video or, yeah exactly yeah. so everyone knows this truth yeah being it consciously or not so yeah in, in the end everyone will walk this path in one way or another yeah so yeah beautiful <laughs> okay thank you martijn i really enjoyed it we have to stop here but <laughs> <laughs> maybe a part two isn't such a, a, a bad idea so thank you for watching and thank you for listening and uh, have an amazing day ciao guys it's a pleasure <laughs> <laughs>